The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, welcome. It's Friday, but before you step out the door for fun, you got some learning to do over the next half hour. Welcome to the Disability Law Show. Good to have you here. And uh, with us for the next 30 minutes, lots to be gleaned from the show, so stick around. You want to reach out, by the way, either to Savan Tamarkin, co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in this country, or a good pal, Albert Klein, who's also doing uh, doing his part as well with the firm. You want to reach out to Albert, good partner, good guy. one 821 5900 the number. I'll give you a quick email address as well, help at disabilityrights.ca. And if there's little points, there's, there's things about LTD, possibly your case, someone else's, maybe for a colleague you just need a quick answer i'll give you a place to go we'll probably have it for you really simple to use it's free it's called ltdfaq.ca short memos on all things concerned with ltd there's boxes you click on them there's a drop down menu it's super easy to use it's like lego you can't mess it up ltdfaq.ca guys want to get into the half hour show of what you should and should not do if you are denied ltd long-term disability but uh, albert i think you want to you had a little something to share before we get into that pal what's going on I mean, yeah, so I was playing I was playing some basketball with my nephew and unfortunately I slipped, fell on the ground and landed on my finger and suffered from a little injury called mallet finger, where you actually tear the top of your tendon. Surprisingly not very painful, but uh instant instantly obviously my L T D brain uh just started running and <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've, I've been impacted a little bit. I'm a little bit lucky. I currently have a splint on my on my hand, but I'm lucky that I'm still able to type and I don't have a physical job that requires me to lift things. I currently have very little grip abilities. And it's crazy how just one tiny injury could have easily impacted my ability to work for a very significant amount of time. I mean, had had I had both my both my fingers injured and I was unable to type and I had a more physical job requiring me to work. And it's just very crazy how, uh, how one tiny, tiny injury can have such large standing implications. And it sort of just reinforced a, I should probably should be getting long-term disability insurance, which uh, ironically I don't have as a long-term disability lawyer and something that I've been speaking to uh, a number of different insurers about, but generally speaking, if you have if you have long-term disability insurance and you are injured, you want to make sure that you're doing all the right things right away. I mean, obvi- obviously, I did go to a doctor. I had to get this splint put on right away. But you want to make sure that you're actually going out there and getting all the treatment that you need, and getting all going to to as many different treatment providers as you can, so that if you do actually have to make a claim and you're unable to work, you've done all the right things. You have all the right things in place. So now. If I actually did have a long-term disability policy, I would have made an application and I would have a number of doctors to contemporaneously support the fact that I am injured and I am unable to work. But it's just, it's just, it's just interesting. I mean, the one nice thing is that uh, uh, when I actually do get angry at insurance companies, it happens to be my middle finger. So <laughs> they're not going to call me that. But very nice poetry. <laughs> Um, Savan, uh, 
Yeah. It, you know what, guys? It, it, it's interesting. You know, Albert, we're kind of making fun of it just because it's a finger, a finger injury. But there's a perfect example that if, if Albert were a neurosurgeon, hands mm-hmm. are important for his type of job. He is totally disabled. 100%. And that's something that people need to understand. Mm-hmm. When you are making a claim for long-term disability, you know, when people think about the term total disability, which is the requirement for you to get long-term disability under an insurance policy, either a private policy or a policy through your health benefits at work, people think total, they think complete, they think that, you know, you need to be in bed and unable to uh, walk, unable to function. That's not what total disability means in the context of long-term disability law. Albert's completely right. Imagine if you have somebody who is a carpenter, an electrician, a musician, a surgeon, anyone that needs their hands and can't actually fulfill the essential tasks of their own occupation if they suffer an injury to one of their fingers. It could be a very small injury for someone like Albert, as an example, not to diminish what he's been going through, but for someone else who relies on their hands in their occupation, they could be categorized and qualified for long-term disability because they're totally disabled or unable to perform the essential tasks of their own occupation. And this is important because most people don't understand that. In fact, most doctors don't understand that. Many doctors will tell their own patients, don't even bother applying for long-term disability. Yes, you have something that prevents you from working, but you're not totally disabled, right? That word total or totally, it's a made-up word, it's a made-up phrase by insurance companies to dissuade you from making a claim for long-term disability, even though you are impaired from working. So that's really the key here. We have to look at these things in context. Guys, you want to reach out anyway, uh, any other time with Savan or uh, Albert or their respective teams, one 821 5900 That's the number to use after the show, anytime you would like. Let's get into our topic, guys, uh, this first part of the show, what you should and should not do if you are denied LTD. Number one, you should not panic. you got to relax. Instead, Call them, call you guys immediately and uh, let them explain. Well, you'll explain your options for free. That's a nice benefit, huh? Yeah, no, for sure. And that's something that Albert and I and the rest of the team keep telling people, look, we have offices in Ontario, Alberta, and BC, and that's what we do for a living. We help people who are injured in accidents. We help people who are denied long-term disability. And the first thing that we see, generally speaking, if someone hasn't waited for too long to contact us, you know, if they've gotten a denial letter or a letter saying their benefits will be cut off, Uh, people are immediately panicking because you're thinking to yourself, wait a second, what about all the money, you know, this income that I'm not receiving that I was banking on? What's going to happen with my mortgage or my rent? What's going to happen with my kids, Uh, you know, to be able to feed them, especially now with inflation, everything going up and pricing, gas. Uh, And so people get into a panicked mode and I completely understand that. But here's the thing. We are here each and every week on this radio, on other stations, uh, on TV, we are giving this information for free. And what we tell people, John, is you can feel free to give us a call or email us, contact us, and, and you're always giving out our contact information. And we speak for pe- you know, with people for free, give them their options. We are lawyers, this is what we do. We're not gonna tell you you have to do something, but at least we'll give you a menu of options. So don't panic if an insurance company sends you a letter saying we are denying your long-term disability claim. Don't panic. Because in many instances, the insurance company is in fact wrong. They are taking an incorrect position, and that's what we do. We force them to pay you what you're owed. And you don't have to pay anything to get this advice. In fact, you don't have to pay anything for us to help you get this money. We only get paid if, in fact, we are correct. And at the end of the day, we are able to force them to pay you. Then we get a percentage of that. But other than that, it's a no-risk proposition here because you're not paying for anything. So again, 
feel free to give us a call. We will speak with you. We'll review any documents you have. And that's really what people should take away from this, John, that we are here for them, not just myself and Albert. We have a full team that is able to act on behalf of claimants across Ontario. Again, guys, as we get to a quick break, we got lots more coming up, so stick around here on this Friday. It's 1-855-821-5900, mydisabilityquestions.com to reach out uh, in, that, uh, in that way. And then email, of course, help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue short break. More disability law shows coming right up. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, thanks for hanging in. Appreciate it. Disability Law Show here on a Friday. Love to get you in your weekend with some more knowledge. Uh, This may be something that comes up over the next couple days, so you want to listen in for the remainder. In the meantime, the uh, the way to reach out to either Savannah Tamarkin or Albert Klein is 1-855-821-5900. They would love to have a chat with you anytime you'd like. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Okay, guys, what we were getting into was what you should and should not do if you're denied long-term disability. Don't panic. We got that already. You should... You should continue with your treatment regime, all right, your regimen. Your goal is to continue trying to get better, mitigate, right? Albert, what do you say, pal? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is something that I always tell my clients, and I think it's one of the most important things to do. And really, if you, if you forget absolutely everything else, this is the most important thing that you should do because it's going to do serve a number of different functions. A, you're actually going to be trying to get better. Hopefully you are going to get better. And really that's the goal. No one wants to remain off of work. But secondly, by continuing with your treatment regimen and actually going out, seeing different doctors, you now have a contemporaneous record to prove all of your different injuries and all of the different reasons that you're unable to work or that you're functionally limited. And then now by virtue of regularly seeing these different doctors, they're actually going to be in a position to say whether or not you can or can't work and in a position to actually support your claim. So that's all I have to say on that. Let's get to another one, guys. You should not, obviously, you should not appeal the denial. You will most likely be denied again and again and again and again. And again and again. We can do a whole show you saying again and again. But, John, this is key here because people keep contacting us and telling us, uh, you know, that – they are appealing or they've appealed or they're asking us for advice on how to appeal. Look, if you want to appeal, no problem. I'll also give you advice on how to play, you know, the lottery. It doesn't mean you're going to win. In fact, chances are slim that you are going to win and, and that your appeal will get through. You know, you need to understand when you are appealing an LTD denial, when the insurance company says we're not paying you, but you can appeal this, you're not appealing it to a third party. You're not sending this off to someone who is objective, someone outside the insurance company. You are re-asking the exact same company that denied you in the first place to now approve you, which is why in most circumstances, you're going to get denied again and again and again. So it's a much better option to give us a call. Give us a call. We'll explain to you what your other options are. The most powerful option is to start that legal claim against the insurance company. And by the way, it, not, not in every case we will tell you to do that. There are other options as well. But the point is that these appeals are, it, it, these are games. These are games the insurance company is playing with you to try and wear you down. And, and if you play that game, trust me, you're going to waste a lot of time. You're not going to get money coming in. You're going to get frustrated. At some point, you're going to think about just quitting. Don't do that. Just give us a call. 
What you should and should not do if you're on LTD, and these are we're just getting through these really quick. One more to go here. Albert, I'll throw this one towards you. You should contact your doctors and make sure that they support you being off work and get a letter uh, from them explaining why, right? So at, at the end of the day, you have to prove to the insurance company, and if this were to con- continue on, you'd have to prove to a court that you are incapable of working. And so your doctors are really going to be your champions. And so if you followed our other advice and you've gone and you've continued with your treatment regimen, this shouldn't be an issue. Where we see where we see clients and other people having trouble getting letters from their doctors often is in this in the type of situation where they haven't actually gone and seen any doctors and then they show up to their family doctor 10 months after going off of work and they say, I need a letter saying that I can't work. Well, now it's tough for your doctor because they actually haven't seen you over that 10-month period. They don't know why why you can't work. They don't know what treatment you've been doing. So it's really important that you actually do continue with your treatment regimen and put your doctors in a position to say whether or not you can or can't work and actually make that proper evaluation. But I also want to say as well that not all the time are doctors actually supportive, even when they should be. And that doesn't mean that you don't have a case. So we get approached many times by people who say, you know what, Albert, I know I can't work for X, Y, and Z reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've tried to go back to work. I'm injured uh, and I've found it really difficult. But unfortunately, my doctor doesn't support me. That doesn't mean you don't have a claim. According to the disability policy, as long as you are prevented from doing the what we call the essential duties essentially the main tasks of your own job, then you should be supported by your insurance company, plain and simple. So give us a call. 1-855-821-5900. That is the number that uh, Albert's talking about. Guys, let's slide into an email here. Blake, thank you so much for reaching out. Says, hey, guys, I have a degenerative condition that makes me unable to stand, sit, or walk for more than a few minutes at a time. I'm 52, and I've paid into a long-term disability plan for over 26 years. Now that I need their help, they turn me down because they say I'm not as disabled as I think I am. I've been going to a neurologist for three years who wrote them two letters telling them I cannot work, and they still turn me down because of their of their doctor's opinion. I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know how to deal with them. Help. Yeah, what a frustrating situation here, Blake. I, I completely feel uh, what you're going through, and I can tell you uh, from personal experience, having dealt with insurance companies myself, uh, you know, and it's not always in the context of long-term disabilities, in the context of health insurance, travel insurance. I mean, insurance companies are in the business of making money. And we see this a lot with long-term disability where someone like yourself has paid into a policy. You've paid premiums religiously uh, for many, many years. And still, the insurance company takes just a ridiculous position, despite what the doctors are saying. John, what does it mean when they are saying that they don't think that he's as disabled as he thinks he is or as the neurologist says that he is? Who are these adjusters working for this insurance company that think that they know more and better than his neurologist? So the option here, Blake, because I think what what you've done is uh, clearly you've tried to deal with them reasonably. Clearly you've tried to go back to them with some more medical documentation. That's what I'm gathering from this. You probably tried to appeal. And the reality, again, as we've discussed before, is that these attempts, unfortunately, are futile in in many instances. And they're futile because insurance companies, again, are in the business of denying these kinds of claims. And so your, your option here is to start a legal claim. Once that happens, you need to understand that on the other side of the aisle, with the insurance company, 
that file now goes to another adjuster at the insurance company. Now there is a defense lawyer assigned. Now the insurance company has to deal with this legally. And they have to assume that this case will potentially end up before a judge. Not that these cases ever go to court, by the way. Very rarely do they do. By the way, there was one that just went to court actually a few months ago, uh, months ago, about a month ago or so. Uh, and a jury actually here in Ontario awarded, uh, I think, Albert, it was a million, was it a million dollars or $1.5 million in punitive damages against the insurance company, if I'm not mistaken. 1.5. 1.5 million. So, so when these insurance companies actually take their chances in court, they get blasted by juries, by judges. And so what you need to understand, Blake, is that the way to force an insurance company to pay is by going the legal route. And that's what we do. That's how we help people day in and day out get the money that they deserve. Now, when you're dealing, John, with a degenerative condition, you're dealing with something that generally is objective because they can uh, track you know, the degenerative uh, uh, deterioration, whether that's an illness, whether that's an injury that is getting progressively worse. As long as you have doctors especially specialists like a neurologist who are saying that you cannot work, you are impaired from working because of your injury, because of your impairment, because of your illness, the insurance company must pay you. And if they don't, they are liable to pay you not only what they owe you under the policy, but potentially punitive damages too, just like in that case that went to court a month ago. Guys, let's move on to uh, Delia. We got some time here. Says, I was in a car accident last January as I was heading to work. I was hit from behind by an SUV that was clearly going over the speed limit. My car was a total write-off, and I was taken to the hospital by helicopter uh, because I had several rib fractures, and the doctors diagnosed me with a concussion. I was throwing up for a few days and was dizzy, and I'm still not back to work all these months later. I'm a nurse, and now I'm not sure when I'll be able to go back to work. I'm on long-term disability now, and I'm just wondering if I can stay on long-term for as long as I need, or will it run out at some point? I also want to know if the guy that hit me should be paying something for all the pain I've been through. It's really upended my life, and I don't know what will happen in the future. Wow. Wow, I can feel this one. Delia, very, very sorry to hear about all of this. Obviously, a very, very significant injury and must be unbelievably traumatic and scary. Uh, I'm sorry that you're still dealing with this all these months later. Uh, so as it stands, I mean, you have a couple questions here. So I'll, I'll, I'll address the long-term disability question and then I'll address the car accident question. But in terms of your long-term disability question, which was whether or not you can stay on long-term disability for as long as you need it, or if it will run out at some point, generally speaking, in most of these standard policies, you are covered under your long-term disability policy as long as it's a standard one for two years, as long as you prove that you can't do the tasks of your job. And you have to prove that you're getting reasonable treatment, I mean, from all of these rib fractures and your concussion, and if you're still throwing up, you're dizzy, obviously you're a nurse, you're required to be on your feet, makes sense that you wouldn't be capable of working. And so for that two year period, if you continue to prove that you can't do the tasks, uh, your, your tasks as a nurse, then your insurance company should be covering you. If they don't, you absolutely need to give a long-term disability uh, lawyer a call immediately and they should be able to help you out. So obviously we can help you out. Give us a call if they give you any indication that they may cut you off. After that two year period, the test broadens and it's no longer a question of whether or not you can work as a nurse. It's a question of whether or not you can work in any job for which you're reasonably trained, educated or suited for. 
So it's a broader test. So in order to continue to get disability benefits after that two-year period, you have to prove that you can't do the tasks of effectively any job. And obviously you were a nurse, which is a phenomenal job. So no one's expecting that you should go work at McDonald's, not that there's anything wrong with it, but just in terms of the difference in terms of how you were making, that would not be considered commensurate with your experience. So it has to be commensurate with your experience and what you were earning. But that being said, it's a much broader test. And so often insurance companies will cut people off at that two-year mark or at what they call the change of definition. And usually they try and do that opportunistically to try and give some air of legitimacy so that they feel like people believe that they're doing the right thing. And once again, it's not a question of whether or not the definition is changing. It's a question about your functionality. And so all of these different symptoms that you've explained that you're feeling are probably going to transcend into your ability to work in any job. So if you're still experiencing all these symptoms, I suspect you're probably not going to be able to do anything after that two-year period. So once again, if the insurance company gives you any indication that they're going to cut your benefits off and you're still feeling the way that you're feeling, you should absolutely give us a call and the insurance company should not be doing that. And then otherwise, in terms of your car accident, definitely you can get compensation uh, for uh, this, uh, this car unfortunately hitting you from behind. Um, it's obviously uprooted your life. There's a, a ton of different what we call heads of damages, which you would be entitled to above and beyond income loss. Um, your your long-term disability may only be covering a certain amount of um, a certain amount of money for you every single month. It's probably not what you were used to making as a nurse. Also, you'd be entitled to medical rehabilitative expenses, and then of course you'd be entitled to a very significant amount for your pain and suffering. And so, all in all, when we when we add up all the different types of heads of damages that you would potentially be entitled to this is well into a six-figure claim and and so generally speaking you have about two years or you have exactly two years from the date of the accident to commence a legal claim and so you should be speaking to a lawyer immediately because there's a lot of different nuances to these claims and a lot of things that need to uh, be put into place before a claim is actually started as well, in addition to actually getting compensation from the driver that hit you, you should, if you don't already have it, be getting, uh, be getting some compensation and some support through what we call accident benefits through your own insurance company. And once again, we can help with all of that. So lots to work with here. Uh, definitely give us a call. I'm happy to speak with you free of charge. Guys, a half hour goes quickly, but uh, I think we did uh, did a good job of jamming it full for sure. Uh, again, if you want to reach out any time to, uh, as they say, unpack more of these things and issues you may have, Albert always available, Savan as well. The number, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 Those emails uh, come through help at disabilityrights.ca. Sometimes it's also mydisabilityquestions.com. That website is free and anonymous, plus it's searchable, which is a nice feature of that website. So your question or something close to it may have been asked previously. Save you some time. You can just read the answer and uh, go on your merry way or leave it there, and it will get answered quickly. Again, mydisabilityquestions.com. And then finally, quick, easy to read and understand memos all about LTD. That's available. Again, free, ltdfaq.ca. We'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show.
The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.